Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. We always like to get your cruise reviews here on the show. If you have one you'd like to share, shoot me an email, Doug, at CruiseRadio.net, like Rick did. Rick just returned from a seven-night Mediterranean cruise aboard the Queen Victoria, and he joins us on the line this evening. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Fine. How are you this evening, Doug? Good, good. And uh, I have to say, we don't get a lot of Cunard reviews on this show. I think I've only had like one or two in the past six years. So this is uh, I'm very excited about this. So before we get to the Queen Victoria itself, let's take a step back. And uh, what made you want to sail Queen Victoria? Well, my family has sailed with Cunard since the 1950s, and I've sailed with them since the 80s. And uh, This was my third voyage on Queen Victoria, and I really enjoy their product. And we had planned on doing a European trip and had not been to the Eastern Mediterranean before. So the Victoria had a seven-night sailing that fit in with our schedule and was a good value. So we decided to uh, take it and, and see what we thought. Just curious, you said your family has been sailing with Cunard for the past 60-something years. So um, why is it so appealing to you? Like, Why would you take a Cunard sailing over like a, a Norwegian or a Royal Caribbean in the Med? Well, one, I'm an Anglophile, so okay. I, I like the uh, onboard atmosphere uh, being uh, very British. Mm-hmm. Cunard is different in that it's a more formal structure. In the evening, uh, uh, their casual or informal is what they consider it requires a uh, sports coat. Mm-hmm. And then formal nights are dark suit or a tuxedo. <clears throat> While I wish that was a little bit relaxed, it, it, it adds to the, to the overall uh, ambiance that they're trying to achieve on board. So the, the onboard product we enjoy very much. It's a high level of service, good quality food. It's a more elegant atmosphere on board the ship, and uh, the accommodations are very comfortable. And in our opinion, Queen Victoria is one of the most beautiful ships that I've sailed on. Nice. Well, you sailed out of Rome, and of course, you had to get there from Indiana. So talk to us about the logistics there. We had started our trip in London, so we flew from Indianapolis to London, spent several days there, then on to Vienna. And then we flew into Rome the actual embarkation day. And that, if there was a hiccup in it, that was the, the one aspect. We had purchased transfers uh, through Cunard, but uh, anyone who has been to the Rome airport knows it's, it's large and chaotic, and they had a fire uh, late spring, early summer, and, and caused extensive damage, and so things have kind of been moved around. So anyway, we get there, and our reps were actually in another terminal. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know that, so we had to ask around and take all our luggage down to another one. But once we got onto the motor coach, it, it, it was fine. Nice. How, how far is the cruise port from the airport over in Rome? It's about 50 miles. Okay. And um, it, it, the traffic was not bad that day, so we made it in uh, about an hour and 15 minutes or so, I'd say. Very nice. So how was embarkation once you got uh, to the cruise pier? Well, we probably arrived about 2.30, and... It literally it was the best embarkation I had ever experienced. The terminals in Rome are not like you see in Fort Lauderdale or Miami or, or New York. They're small buildings uh, out on the piers. Mm-hmm. But we walked in, and there was no one there. We, uh, we went to the platinum desk, and 
literally within five minutes we were on board the ship. Oh, wow. That's, that's really good. Uh, as far <laughs> as checking in at the cruise pier over there in Rome, how was the, like, was English very present there? Yeah. Everybody uh, spoke English. They had, of course, an Italian crew. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a regular embarkation point every week for Cunard. But uh, language is never a problem, really, anywhere you know, on the whole trip. The, the shore excursions were, were all in, in with English language guides. Awesome. So there's never any difficulty. Now, I know you've been on Queen Victoria before. What were your impressions this go-around? She just had a, a major refit before her world cruise in, in January, and they replaced all the carpets on board. They reduced the size of the casino a little bit. Uh, Canard had uh, added single cabins, which there's been a lot of demand for that, uh, which we've seen all across the various lines. But the ship was pristine. Uh, she came out in December of, of 07, and 90,000 tons. It's a modified Vista hull. Mm-hmm. and uh, everything was clean, neat. Uh, she looked brand new. I, I've never been on Queen Victoria. Uh, I've been on – actually, I have been on her before, but it was only for the day when she made her inaugural call into Port Canaveral. Uh, in your opinion, does it have an ocean liner feel right when you walk in? Yes, yeah. uh, very much so. It, it has an atrium that's three decks, but uh, and it's topped by a Swarovski crystal chandelier. But the, the Victoria and Elizabeth are sisters, and the Victoria has a little more of an Edwardian look. The woods are a little bit darker, but the color schemes are all subdued pastels. There's nothing glitzy or, or garish uh, about a canard ship. And they have a, what's called canardia, where you have uh, museum-quality pieces uh, of their history. And there's panels around the ship depicting different things from their past. But uh, they they played with their heritage very well, and and you do get that sense of it being an ocean liner, even though Queen Mary Two is the only actual ocean liner right. service. Yeah, very very nice there. Uh, you make your way to your stateroom, so I'm going to ask you, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what did you think of it? We had a balcony guarantee. Okay. So the ship was sold out, and they they gave us an assignment a couple of weeks out, and much to my surprise, we ended up being put in a handicapped accessible cabin, mm-hmm. even though neither one of us needed that or required it. And I called them and I said, you know, we don't, we don't have to have that if, we, if you want to change it. But we didn't. We ended up with it. And it was fabulous. It was a midship of about 200 square feet inside. And of course, it, it, it had a, a larger shower that would be okay for a wheelchair to roll in and roll out. Mm-hmm. But the balcony was 145 square feet. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so it, it was bigger. We were next to several of the grill suites, and we had a bigger balcony than they did. <laughs> nice. So it was it was great on, on this route to have that much space because we would have breakfast outside there yeah. uh, every day and be out there during sail away. It, it was absolutely perfect. How cool. Now, you said it was a balcony guarantee. How, how much cheaper would a balcony guarantee be uh, versus booking a regular balcony? Did you notice a price difference there? In the promotion that I booked, yes. It was about $300 a person less mm-hmm. than booking a specific cabin. Wow, that's really good then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I didn't care. As yeah. long as you know, we had a balcony, I, I, I was fine with it. Yeah, very, so very... I, I felt very fortunate to get what we did. Yeah, t- totally. Uh, well, let's talk about dining aboard Queen Victoria. Uh, we'll start uh, in the buffet area and work our way to the main dining room there. So how was the buffet food for you? 
We didn't go up there a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first day we went up to the Lido, and the, the quality is very good and is well laid out. But we ate breakfast in the cabins mm-hmm. uh, every day, and then occasionally we would have lunch up there. There's a, a lot of, of uh, selection. The lines were not bad. They were very good about cleaning off any of the tables. So it, it, it was fine. One thing that confuses me uh, about the Cunard chips is they have, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, do they have different classes for dining? The only difference with, with Cunard, and, and, and it kind of puts some people off, and, and really they are much less structured than, than you're beginning to see now on, like, celebrity as an example. Okay. But yes, where you sleep determines where you eat. Okay. And the vast majority... And 2,000 passenger ship, probably about 1,600 are Britannia passengers. Mm-hmm. And then you have a Queen's Grill and Princess Grill, which are smaller dining rooms that are open seating. And whereas the Britannia has first and second traditional seating for dinner time. It's, it's great. We were a Britannia grade cabin. And uh, of the times that I've been on, on Cunard or on Queen Victoria, it was the best food that we've ever experienced with them. But between Britannica, Queens, and Princess Grill, uh, is, the, is the food any different, or is it just the, uh, the dining? There, the food is different. Uh, in the grills, one can order off the menu uh, within reason, usually like a 24-hour notice. And you know, if you wanted lamb or lobster every night, you could, you could have that. Or you want uh, caviar in the Queens Grill, you can have that. The Queens Grill has butler service. Princess Girl does not. You know, they have a, have, a, have a concierge, and they have an, their own lounge. And afternoon tea is served in there uh, as well as in in the Queen's room. Interesting. But, uh, the Queen's room is so much more grand and preferable, really, to a small lounge. What time of dining did you have in Britannica? We had a uh, uh, six p.m. Six p.m. Do they have an any time there, or just late no. and early? No, it's it's six or eight thirty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they have a an extra tariff restaurant, but but it's it's at time only. What do you think of the food in there? Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of choices, a lot of British food, which would make sense. The, the ship attracts an international clientele, and uh, there you could have virtually anything you wanted. But food was a mixture for I would say British and North American taste. Cool. Let's uh, switch gears here and talk about the. Actually, there is a couple of more uh, restaurants on there, isn't there? Isn't there like a pub on there as well? Yeah, they have a the veranda restaurant. They used to have uh, taught English, and that switched uh, to veranda. Did and you... we did not eat in there. I okay. looked at the menu. It's I think twenty five dollars or thirty dollars per person. It, it, it's reasonable. And then the buffet. Now there's an area of the buffet in the evening that has steamed. One night it's Indian, one night it's Chinese, and I think the cover charge for that is about $15, but we didn't participate in that. Okay, very nice. Well, let's switch gears here then and talk about entertainment. Uh, how was entertainment aboard this seven-night sailing? For me, it, it was great. Tenard has what they call the Insights Program, and they have guest lecturers uh, from around the world mm-hmm. that are experts in different things. On our sailing, one of the speakers was David Blunkett, who was the Home Secretary in the British government during uh, Tony Blair's administration. Okay. And it was interesting to get, he, he was born blind, mm-hmm. and to, to get his, his insight on life as, as a politician, life working in that high profile of, of a job, and even his, his uh, relevance to today, because they talked about 
counterterrorism, internal politics. It was very, very interesting. They also have a string quartet on board. Mm-hmm. And every day afternoon tea at 3.30 in the Queen's Lounge, a string quartet would play or classical pianists would play. And the production shows in the Royal Court Theater were fabulous. It wasn't the same old that you get on a lot of things. You know, at some point, people would get tired of hearing Cats or mm-hmm. Evita. <laughs> right. And they, they mixed it up. And, and the Royal Court Theater is one of the best we have ever seen. They have uh, boxes on the production show nights, you can rent them and you have champagne and chocolates. But any other time, the boxes are open. And there's no bad sight line in, in the place. There's no columns. And uh, they're really, really well done. And the canard singers and dancers were very professional. Oh, okay. That's very nice. And as far as around the ship, is there is there like a piano bar on there or a band's playing around the ship as well? I know you said there was a quartet on there. Yeah, they have a what's called the Commodore Club. It's a forward observation lounge up on, I think, Deck 10. And they had a, a piano in there and singer every evening. They also have what's called Cafe Corinthia, which is a coffee bar mm-hmm. and serves a light breakfast and lunch, midships bar, and then uh, a chart room, and they would have people singing or, or playing uh, music in, in those uh, every evening as well. And occasionally in the dining room, you'd have the, the quartet play in the dining room at, at, at dinner. One thing that defines a cruise ship is how it behaves during sea days, both inside and outside of the ship with passenger flow, etc. How were your sea days? Sea days were great. Uh, Kennard has a traditional promenade deck, which mm-hmm. is important to me, and it's wraparound, they have teak steamers. So three laps is a mile, and, and and I like to walk several miles a day out there. It's quiet. We didn't go up to the pool areas, although it was beautiful weather. They have several pools and then a, a winter garden that, that's a glass dome that opens up. But uh, it, the the uh, space ratio is pretty high on this ship, so we never experienced crowding. And oftentimes you'd walk through an area and wonder where in the world everybody was. Nice. That's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Uh, what ports did you hit on this sailing? Sailed from Rome. And our first port of call was Corfu, Greece, and then we went on to Kotor and Montenegro, and then the cruise ended in Venice. We overnighted there before disembarkation. Which one was your favorite port? Once I got used to it, I, I, I have to say Venice, but for sheer beauty, sailing into Kotor and Montenegro was spectacular. Hmm. Uh, the ship comes out of the Adriatic, and it, it's called a fjord, and you go about 10 miles inland, and the mountains just rise straight up out of the sea. And you have little churches and villages scattered around. And Kotor is a walled city from the 12, 13, 1400s. And it's filled with uh, unique shops and historic buildings. And the setting is just spectacular. Are you an excursion guy? Not really. No. Uh, we, we did a couple on, on this. Uh, one in uh, Corfu. We went to the uh, uh, Kilian Palace, mm-hmm. which the uh, Austrian Empress had built, and it was in one of James Bond movies. And that was very interesting. The, the hillsides in Corfu were stunning. There's like 40,000 olive trees uh, on Corfu, and it's much more green than the rest of Greece. And then in Venice, we did uh, Doge's Palace, St. Mark's, and uh, Gondola Ride. Cool. It was a short excursion. Very nice. Well, do you have any first-time tips for people who are either A, sailing Cunard, or B, doing a Eastern Med cruise? If you like a little more elegant atmosphere mm-hmm. and you're interested in, in uh, intellectual programming on board, a good service, a good food, 
and want to experience the world, Canard's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. They don't follow the same routes uh, uh, year in, year out. They ship as a world cruise, but they, they go all over and from two days to a uh, hundred days. And if you are interested in that, I really would suggest people give them a try. We enjoy them very, very much. Don't be put off by the, the image uh, that it's stodgy and, and not friendly. It, it's very warm, very welcoming. It's funny because it seems like those Cunard ships are always on the go. Uh, I was just I spent the day on board Queen Mary two last month in New York City before a transatlantic crossing, and then just like two days ago, Queen Mary two was down in Amber Cove in the Dominican Republic. So these ships are going everywhere. Yeah, they are, and and it, it, it's always exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the For- crew is usually very happy that they're getting to see a lot of different things along with everybody else, and. Bernard is really a, a global ambassador. Well, uh, in closing here, Rick, what are your final thoughts of Queen Victoria? Excellent ship, uh, perfect size for us, great service. I can't wait to go back. We've been talking with Rick up in Indiana. He just returned from a seven-night Eastern Mediterranean sailing from Rome aboard Queen Victoria. Rick, thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. Thank you. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through CruisingExcursions.com. Why Cruising Excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zipline in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.